Hey, welcome to another episode of Open Mic. My name is Jared, and I'm here with Brooke, Ryan, and Trevor, and we're excited to talk to you today about how and why we should fight for community. And community is one of those things that makes like the highs higher and, and the lows a little better. Um, it's fun to like spend time with each other. Um, one of my favorite times that I've spent with two of my best friends uh, was my dad was like passing through town, and it was one of the last summers he was going to own like the family boat, like the one that we had as kids. And I was like, hey, would you leave it for me so I can like take it on a trip? So he left it for me. Me and another guy, uh, me and two other guys just like left early from work and went up to Lake Palm de Terre up north of Springfield. And we all kind of just like played hooky from work, it felt like. And we got there. Nobody was out on the water. It was a beautiful day at the lake. It was like a ton of fun. My brother was working nearby, so he, he popped in. And it was, it was just an awesome day. Well, when we left, um, my brothers uh, got the truck and the boat on the trailer. And I'm in my car. And we have one of the worst rainstorms I've ever been in. Like, you can't see past your headlight type of, type of rainstorm. And we were just like, what in the world? How are we going to get home? It's all these, like, windy back roads. And the way that we got through it was Kyle Kicker's in the back seat with Google Maps pulled up going, you've got a slight right pulling up. And I'm like, okay, I'll get ready for it. And he's going, you're going a little too fast. Slow down. And then my other buddy, Clint, is looking out the window, looking at my tire and the white line going a little bit to your left, a little bit, because I legitimately couldn't tell where I was in the road from the driver's seat. And we got in, like we got into a city like in Bolivar and we parked somewhere and we were like, I can't believe we just made it through that. That was insane. Uh, but it was a ton of fun only because there were other people there with me. And I think we only got through it because there were other people there with me. Um, and if you're, if you're listening and you're like, okay, I need community. Maybe you're like new to faith or you've had a hard season and you're kind of there alone. Um, what, what would you guys say, like, community is kind of a buzzword. What would you say, like, what is community? Yeah, I think in a simple way, community is friendships that are centered around Christ. So doing life with people that share the same values as you, that go maybe to the same church as you, and doing life with them. And I think um, something that we say here a bunch at Young Adults is, like, we're not meant to do life alone. And if you read uh, this Bible, I don't think you can tell anywhere in Scripture where people that are doing life alone um, – are in a sense not successful in like what we mean by now, but they're not living a life that's probably like exciting to live. Like we're meant to be with people, we're meant to have friends, and meant to have friends that are centered around Christ. Yeah. Um, if you guys were, were talking to someone and they were like, I get it, I, I know that it, I see it in the Bible, what are some practical ways that you guys are like, man, this has helped me, or this has been a positive for me that I don't know that I would have experienced if it weren't for doing life together and having community? What would you guys say to that question? Well, I think, uh, I think one thing that's huge is, uh, you know, without community, um, it's really hard, especially when you first become a believer, it's really hard to, you're going through a lot of changes, you know, you have, uh, you're starting to figure out, okay, what does it look like to follow Jesus? Uh, you know, especially if you come to know him later on in life. And so there's a lot of change happening. It can be scary. You don't really know what to do in a lot of cases. And so, um, yeah, it's just a huge part of, you know, having other believers around you, some that are in the same stage uh, of, of, you know, their spiritual journey or some that are further along down the road. Uh, it's so crucial to have them there to hold you accountable, uh, to encourage you when you're doing things right and well, and to just, you know, uh, with a lot of humility and kindness, uh, be there to, you know, pick you up when you maybe fall or fall short in a certain area. So it's huge for that, I think. 
Yeah, I think to kind of echo off of what Ryan just said is I think like our community is so vital for us to or for them to point out our blind spots because I think that we can be so geared into, you know, going along our path, you know, we're just going about life, but then we can be blind to sin in our life. But whenever we have our community and we value our community, um, they're able to point out like, okay, hey, I see like you're doing this and like I'm coming at you with love and humility, like Ryan said. Um, like I'm just seeing this in you and I'm doing this because I love you. And I'm just pointing out something that's like you could be blind to. Yeah, and I think like to add to those two points too, like I think you should have friends that like you have fun with. Like I think so much to like the Christian life is like, yeah, we can have fun while doing things that are different from the world and with people that um, you share the same vision in life with. So I think like a part uh, on top of people being able to point out blind spots that you're not seeing and helping you and praying you and guiding through um, growing like Christ is like we should be able to have fun with the people that we're with. Yeah, absolutely. And we should really have more fun than anybody, really. I mean, yeah, we, you know, it, there, there are those times where you, you know, you maybe have to have those heavier conversations, but man, like we, we have more hope uh, than anybody, you know? So when we're having fun, it's like, man, this is just a simple, a small little taste of what eternity is going to look like. Yeah. I think you have to have, in order for, for you to, to admit that you need community and trust in someone else to do what, what you guys were saying of like, admit your blind spots, to give them permission to say, hey, help me in this area. I think you have to trust the gospel. I think you have to trust that God is good. Because if I don't trust that God is good, if I don't believe that God loves me, forgives me, has a new plan and a hope for me, I'm like, I don't want you to say anything about the way, I wanna be the way that I am, and I don't want anybody's help unless it's gonna make me more of what I wanna be. So like, why would I give someone else permission? Why would I invite someone in? But I think that's such a big aspect of it. And Brooke, when you were talking, I was thinking of like, the closer someone is, the, the smaller the, the, the trajectory change can be. Because we think about it like, if I showed up, you know, and I was clearly un, unshowered, wasn't doing well, looked like I haven't slept, somebody that I don't know well might be able to be like, bro, are you okay? But if I just show up with like a little attitude off, somebody that knows me well might be able to go, Man, you okay? You know, those are those are two vastly different things. And I don't think we, at the end of the day, we don't want people that are just distant from us that make sure we don't fall off the deep end or die. We want people that are like, hey, man, I know your goal is to glorify God with your entire life. I know your goal is to be a dad who honors Christ. I know your goal is to be a husband, to be a boyfriend, to be a brother, a son, a, you know, serving at your church. And it's like you're, the attitude you're bringing is not it. So... Even, what, what would you guys say, like, have you guys have ever had any experiences of not just, like, allowing that to happen, but inviting someone in, whether it's a friend or a mentor or someone that you're spending time with to go, man, this is an area of need. Can I have some help? And what would your experience be with that? Yeah, so I think in my own life, I've seen God work in so many different ways. But one of the main ways I feel like God works in my life is, like, by bringing people in my life and, like, through the words that they say. So, for instance, a cool opportunity that was, like, I feel like it was the friends that, the friendships that I built around Christ that even got me to the idea of, like, joining into ministry and, like, serving within the local church. So that's been, like, a cool thing in that, like, I was, like, I feel like I was standoffish at first because I'm, like, ah, oh, they're just trying to puff me up or something. But, like, really taking a heart that, like, man, they value my friendship. They value the, I need to value the words that they say. Another area of that is, like, whenever you're not doing too hot and whenever I've not been doing too hot, maybe it's, like, 
because there's something going on in my life. Like, they've been the ones to say, like, kind of call me out in the sense of, like, hey, man, you're not acting normal. Like, is there something wrong? And I think we have to lay down our own pride in the sense that, like, man, I, on the outside, I want everything to look good. I want to make sure that everything's right. But, like, I think your closest friends are going to be able to see that small trajectory change and realize, like, man, there's something off with Trevor. There's something off with Brooke. And so, like, inviting that and, like, being open, honest, transparent, just, like, some basic things that, like, you would want in even a relationship to be with with the other person as long as, especially in community, to point out those blind spots, to pray for other people, and to just, like, encourage you. So I think that's, like, inviting them into our life. Yeah, I think it's, like, truly an act of humility to go to your mentor and be like, hey, I have noticed that I have been very critical lately. Will you point out whenever I've been critical? And so I think it's, like, one, yes, an act of humility, but also, like, you're going to someone that you trust, and you're going to someone who's, like, a step ahead of you to be able to point you back to truth and be like, hey, well, this is what God's word says about, like, having a complaining spirit or having a critical spirit. And so that's, like, why community is so important, and it's, like, bringing those people in that you trust to point you back to the word, and they're not going to give you worldly advice. They're going to give you what God's word is saying. Yeah, I mean, doing young adult ministry for a couple of years, you some of the tightest groups of guys that I've seen are guys that from the beginning of their small group said, I've got this issue. And a lot of times it has to do with purity. But a lot of times they're like, the leader of it goes, I've got this issue. I, maybe you've had some health in it and maybe you haven't. But you're like, I need help. And the other guys in the group slowly but surely, yeah, crazy that you have that, I do too. And before you know it, I've seen it where it's like a group of people that they joined a small group together and I'm like, I don't know how they know each other. I don't know how they're all speaking to each other. They just don't seem like a group that would gel. And it's like they become like brothers for each other because of what God has like grown in them and through them. And it's like such an incredible thing to see where if they didn't have that humility, they wouldn't, they wouldn't have, have done it. Um, what would you say to someone um, that's wondering like, okay, I see the need for it. I see what it'll do for me. I'm all open to it, but I don't know how to start or engage in that. How do you start that type of relationship? How do you go about seeking out what we're calling community or discipleship or whatever you would call it? I think the very first thing you do is, is if you're not already, you need to find a local church to be a part of. Um, go there and, you know, hopefully they have some sort of, like here at High Street, we have connection cards. Card you fill out with your information. Say, hey, I, I would want to find a uh, Christian community. And, uh, and they should, you know, connect you with people. If you don't already know somebody at that church, uh, hopefully they will connect you with somebody uh, or a group of people. Uh, and then you just show up. I think that's that's step number two is you show up if you say you're going to show up. So, I think to add to that is like ask the Lord. Like, God, I'm, at, I'm looking for a biblical community. I'm looking for a community that honors you. And he will bless you with that. And, um, you know, it's not going to like fall in your lap. You have to do, you know, that kind of like what Ryan was saying is like you look for those connection cards and fill out those connection cards. And that does take boldness to say I need people. And to do those steps, because it can be uncomfortable to go up and talk to someone new at a Next Steps booth and be like, I'm looking for this group. Um, but God can really bless your humility in that. Um, and so I would just say, yeah, definitely ask God for um, like a biblical community and he will bless you with that too. Yeah, I, I think a lot of times we just have to, have to ask God for favor with someone. Because I think it's hard to, cut, to come in when you, I mean, a lot of times we don't, we don't do anything until we feel a huge need for it. Things are right before they're going to crash. So you're like, oh, I need somebody. But the best time to build something is before you need it. 
So if, if you're like, man, I'm new to town or I'm about to transition to a new city or a new stage of life, um, build it before you're there. Um, but look around and like ask God for favor with someone. If you are looking around and you're like, that guy, that guy always says hi to me at the handshake at church or that guy's always kind to me, use that favor and say, God, what, what would you do, have me do with it? Ask him to go to coffee. You know how many people that are like ready to disciple someone or ready to invest in someone, even if it's just at a friendship level, but they've never been asked. And they're probably looking for the same thing. Um, was it about a couple months ago, we had like a men's event. And the goal was to get older men connected with younger men. Because the, 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 the way it normally works is like, there's men that are older that, that are together. There's men that are younger together. Middle-aged men are together. That's just how things work. But we were like, man, older men need younger men to just show them what it looks like to be married for X amount of years, to have older kids. And then you've got guys like me and Ryan who are like, we've got young kids. I need someone that's past the toddler phase to tell me it's going to be okay. You're going to get out of it. It's going to be fine. Or someone who's in the young married phase or someone who's not quite married yet. You're like, you need someone that's in that next step ahead of you to show you what it looks like to, to move to the next stage, to do the next thing. And a lot of times all it takes is, a, is an ask. So we, we talked for a couple minutes at this men's event and then we just kind of said, now go talk to somebody. And it was so cool to see, and guys are so funny because it's like nobody's like pumped, but you just see guys like, Cowboys, Cowboys fan, right? 49 okay. Like, it, it's so funny to watch, like, what guys will initially connect over. But then, and Ryan, I even think of you, like, you and somebody else met with two guys that lead Sunday school classes at our church. And it's like, those are the connections that I think our community, like, of young adults and age range doesn't necessarily have. Like, most people don't even have that with their parent, a relationship where they can share spiritual things. So to have someone that has your back, they don't have a vested interest besides seeing you do well and you grow spiritually. It's awesome to have someone that's not my dad that I can call and go, hey, you're not really connected to this situation. Can I walk you through it? And they go, yeah, this is what I would do. It's awesome. And to have friends that are in the same boat that go, I'm for you. I'm for what you're getting ready to go through. Um, this is my advice. This is my experience. This is what I would do. Trevor, you were talking when we were getting started about um, looking for community in every season. You just got married a couple months ago. Congratulations. A year ago? Six months ago. Six months ago. Um, you have the maturity of a man who's been married for a year. Um, <laughs> what's your experience with, like, graduating college, not living in the dorms anymore, getting married? Like, what's that look like for you? Yeah, so I think, like, community for me has changed in every season. But, like, for the past few years, I've been really blessed to have, like, the same core community of guys. But in life, like, once you graduate, you're out of college. Guys move. Your friends move. Get jobs in other places across the country. And so, like, you really have to, like, fight to make new friends and make new friends that are centered around Christ. And honestly, the hardest thing probably is, like, make new friends that are going to hold you accountable to things. And so, and another thing, like, I feel like I've tr always tried to do since I've understand, like, the need and necessity for community is be around people that are older than me in a different season. So whenever I was a college student, try to get around a guy that's out of college, maybe dating, uh, how does he do that and see how he does it well so that, like, in a way, it's a form of discipleship, like, finding people that do things well in the next season that you're wanting to enter into. So uh, for Ryan, it's like finding the family that 
has kids that aren't toddlers anymore, maybe teenagers, um, for you seeing what's coming next um, after the toddler years. So I think it's always important to be in community, but also like fight to learn and grow. Like how you're saying with our men's event that we just had. Yeah, one of the stories that me and my wife uh, feel like God provided for us, um, married with kids, obviously, and we felt like in the last like year, year and a half, God provided us with some friends that were like either single or married with no kids. And we we're like, this is so funny. It's not our stage of life. It's different. You know, they're they're doing whatever they want on weekend weeknights. And we're like, we got to be home by seven to get our kids in bed, or tomorrow is all messed up. <coughs> so it was just like a funny season. Well, it was like that was right before we kind of surprisingly got our place with our son through adoption that we had to leave. Like we had to like physically leave town. Everything got turned upside down. And we were like, this is such a huge blessing because our friends with kids, they can offer things, but not in the same way that our friends without kids could offer things. So it's interesting to see how God provides what you need when you need it. Ryan, what would you say about like... um, I think it's needed both ways. Like, you're needed, and you're needed like they need you. What's your experience been with something like that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you said it right. I mean, you you are needed, uh, and, and they need you. And, uh, you know, when you're – when you find community, uh, I think that, especially like you said, you have people in different stages of life. You, you have uh, people who can – walk you through seasons that, that, you know like hey my second kid's about to be born i have a i have another baby about to be born in april and so uh you know we my wife and i we have one daughter she's two and a half years old so we know what it's like to have a kid but what does it look like to have two kids uh three kids four kids five kids and so um you know we, we have so many people here that we can ask and there's people in our in our community group especially on sundays that we can go and talk to and say hey what does it look like going from you know double teaming a kid to we got now we're going into man coverage with two, you know. What does it look like to go from man coverage to zone coverage? And so, um, sports analogies, sorry. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, without that, you have so much less opportunity to be encouraged, uh, to be equipped, and to be uh, just prepared for that next season. And then and then it's the same thing but, uh, the other way. You know, w- my wife and I, we, we hang out with couples that uh, don't have any kids yet um, and just got married. And, and I, we can tell them, like, hey, yeah. The first year uh, of our marriage was was great, and then year two was difficult, and you know, and it's different for everybody. Probably within that first three years of marriage, there's going to be a uh, one of those years that's going to be really, really hard. And how do you get through that? And uh, and so, yeah, I mean, when you find your community, uh, you know, earlier I said it, it's important to show up. Like, if you don't show up, uh, it's not only that you're missing out, but those people that you're in community with are missing out too, because you have so much to offer as well. Uh, no matter where you are at in your spiritual journey. And I think one of the attitudes that can be tough sometimes, that I feel like we have, we're talking about fighting for community, I think one of the attitudes that can happen sometimes is like, I have my community, my group of people, and I'm good. And I think you limit so much what God wants to do through the people around you and you when you have the attitude of like, God had me cross paths with you instead of being like, yeah, I don't know what to do for you. Having the attitude of like, this is what I have to offer. This is what I can do. So it's what, it's what I'll do. Um, and it changes the attitude of your group of friends from like, no, this is it. It's a closed closed group. We don't accept an, any more people. To like, no, we exist for people at large, even if it's in a small way. We're going to do 
we're going to do what we can. What are some verses that you guys have like held on to or have really challenged or grown you when it comes to community? Um, one verse that I definitely cling to whenever it comes to community is Proverbs twenty seven seventeen, and it says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And whenever I hear that verse, it's like iron sharpening iron is like there's going to be like tension. There's going to be like sparks or um, like anything that you can think of where it's like iron on iron. And that's what your community should be doing, you know, like your community should be building you up and like you should be building other people up too. And kind of like what Jared was saying just a second ago of like whenever people are like, oh, I'm not going to let this person in. It's like for girls, especially that can be kind of clicky. Um, But like in the Christian community, it's like we are all like the body of Christ, you know, and so it's like we all should be all one community. Yes, it's like important that you have like your close friends. But at the end of the day, like we are all building each other up and we're all pointing out kind of like blind spots again, as we mentioned earlier. But um, I would definitely say Proverbs 27, 17 is a verse for me. Uh, So one for me is First Thessalonians 514. It says uh, we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened, help the weak, and be patient with everyone. So just to very quickly break that down, like uh, the, the part that sticks out to me first is warn those who are idle and disruptive. And I think I mentioned something similar to this earlier, but uh, we can so easily in our, you know, when you first become a believer, it's like the old saying, you know, you're ready to charge hell with a water gun, right? But when that wears off, you can so easily get idle and stop growing. And so community is so important. I think back to so many men in my life uh, that just spurred me on in my faith. Like when I, when it, they kept me from being stagnant, from being idle uh, in, in so many different areas. And so uh, that's the first part that jumps out at me. We need community is going to keep us from being idle, encourage us when we're disheartened, help us when we're weak or we're going through, uh, you know, somebody just to sit there with us when we're going through, uh, through a hard time. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and, and somebody who's going to be patient with me, the last part there, be patient with everybody. I think back to me when I was a new believer, holy cow, thank goodness the guys in my life were patient because I thought there were times where there were some things where I thought I had it all figured out and I just had so much, you know, arrogance on some things and other things that I just was like, I had to have it explained to me a hundred times before I got it. You know what I mean? And so thank goodness those guys were patient with me. Yeah, I think for me, it's just like reading Acts 2 and seeing the new church, like they did things together. They spent time breaking bread in community, and but they also spent time talking about like the scriptures and the apostles' letters. And so like there's like twofold, like they spent time together just doing normal things. And so like that has really opened my eyes of like seeing the need to hang out with like my community outside of like a church setting, outside of like a small group. Like it's so important to create relational equity within your community, but also like I think it's, the other side of it, you have to talk about things that are going to help you grow more like Christ. So that that's something I've always like hung to hung on to, and just like felt comforted that like, man, this is cool that I get to do life with people, but also they're going to help me grow. Yeah, it's intentional. It's not necessarily complicated. I think sometimes it's like, well, what's the plan? I don't know. We're going to talk. We're going to sit together. We're going to figure out what the problems are, what's going well before we, before we get into what's the plan. What's the plan? Uh, okay. Uh, what would you tell someone who's like, I see the, I see the benefit. Why fight for community? We we titled this one "Fighting for Community." Why should we fight for it? Why should it be something that we go after strong? Yeah. So in this season, I in a in a really good way. I, like I said earlier, I've lost so much community just because of life change, like life transition. And I feel like we're always in this age going to experience that. So it's so important to make friends that are 
share the same values as you, that have relationships with Christ that are going to push you to grow more like him. Because I think, like, if you don't, you become idle, just like that verse Ryan said. And it, once you become idle, you're going to start serving less. You're going to get out of church more. And I think you, it's, it shows the slippery slope it can lead to. So you have to fight to make friends within the church that are going to help you grow, that are going to call you out, that are going to hold you accountable, but also that you can have fun with. Yeah, I think this is a, this is a, a topic where if you can look at some statistics to see why it's very very important to be in community, and it, and that's with uh, you know with the rise of you know depression, anxiety, uh, maybe suicidal ideation, and it's uh, you know with the rise of the you know in this era we we talk about it all the time like we're more connected than we've ever been before, but yet we're more uh, divi- you know divided than we've ever been before, and people can so easily isolate because. Uh, because of social media and, and technology and things, and we probably haven't done the best job at, uh, at handling that in these past couple decades. And so, you know, you see this spike of the social media generation comes in, and all that stuff starts being used more and more and more, and right along next to it, if you hold up a graph of, you know, uh, anxiety and depression, those things go up at the same time. And so when we're divided, when we're isolated, uh, you know, th- that we can see very easily why community is so important to be with other other believers uh, is crucial to fight those things. Yeah, I think whenever you're like in the stage where you are fighting for community and you're telling yourself, okay, I want this, like I want a group, the enemy wants so much for you to be isolated and the enemy wants you to feel lonely. And so I think that is why like the term fight for community is so important to remind yourself of because it's going to be hard and you are being vulnerable with yourself and with other people. But just keep reminding yourself that, like, we weren't created to be alone. Um, And so whenever you are looking for that community, it's like, okay, God, like, I know that this is, like, honoring to you. And um, at the end of the day, like, the enemy just wants us to be lonely. And so it's, like, fighting against that and fighting against what the enemy is, like, trying to have power over. Yeah, I think if you feel isolated, the tendency is to put on blinders and be like, I'm the only one. Nobody else feels this way. And then, you know who nobody wants to hang out with? Somebody that has that attitude. So I think for me, part of it is when I feel lonely, I'm like, have, I have to take a step back and go, have I been the friend? Have I been the community that I want to be around? And I think that's what I love about all three of you is like, none of you, like Trevor, you've had people move away that are probably some of your closest friends this semester. And it doesn't seem like you've thrown up your hands and been like, well, I guess I'm a lonely person now. Uh, no, you're like going and finding new people to spend time with, and you're being intentional. And I think that's what's going to keep you connected and keep you growing and keep you in community. So hey, I hope this episode has been uh, a help for you and beneficial. We hope you keep listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>